This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey podcast, Joe from Team Gary here. Today's episode is an interview that Gary did on CNBC's Squawk Box yesterday morning, where he talks about NFTs, blockchain, digital collectibles, and much, much more. Enjoy. CEO of VaynerMedia. It's great to see you, Gary. So much to talk about. I want to talk also talk about NFTs and, and yeah. uh, Coinbase and so much else. But let's just start with this, because I think you have a better understanding and your finger on the pulse of this world in a way that, frankly, so many of us, including myself, really do not. What do you think is happening here? I think the internet is maturing. You know, the consumer internet is now getting into its 25, 30 year window and people are realizing that the masses, communities can come together, started as message boards on AOL. And we've seen it uh, go after or create trends or start memes or do things of that nature. But now we have an entire generation that is growing up really excited about being an entrepreneur, really excited about investing, really excited about flipping and trading, and communities get excited in groups and decide to go and do things. I mean, we had group buying in China 20 years ago where people would come together and a thousand people would go to a store and say, we want that TV, give us a better deal. We just now see a bunch of people gather and make a decision and the open market is the open market. Well, but that's what I was gonna ask you, Gary. Uh, the open market is the open market, but there have been rules uh, that the SEC has had in place for, for decades now about groups. And it, it, it historically was about trying to prevent uh, investors, professional investors mostly, from uh, creating groups where they would own uh, more than 5% of a stock. Obviously, there have been idea dinners for years and things like that that hedge funds have, have engaged in. And people have questioned whether these types of groups are forming informally. Now they're, they're, they're gathering somewhat in the public, though I do think some of this is going on in private as well. Do you think that the laws have to change? You know, that's not for me to say. If the laws change, then people adjust to the reality of it, right? But I would also talk about, you know, you've got an entire another movement of decentralized finance, alternative variables. I mean, I'm just shocked, Andrew, by the naivete of how big technology has an impact on society. I mean, the things will never be the same. The cat's out of the bag. I would call these selective stocks and rallying behind them minor technology shifts compared to what's going to happen uh, right. going forward. But, but, but Gary, here's the question. If, I'm, if you're the CEO of GameStop, or let's say you're the CEO of, of Rocket Companies, should you therefore today immediately try to issue as, as many shares as humanly possible to, to, to collect on this, if you will? And, and would you consider that unto itself to be manipulation? Because this is where it gets very complicated very quickly. It, you know, it's been, I think you can agree with me, there's been manipulation with small groups and now we're seeing manipulation with big groups. For me, if I'm Rocket and GameStop, I'm trying to think about how to innovate my business to capture, you know, momentum. If I'm GameStop talking about something, something we may talk about, I'm thinking about how to mint NFTs around original IP I create around, you know, game culture and collectible culture, not necessarily the Wall Street dynamic, but actually taking advantage of the momentum to actually innovate to create real business dynamics. Um, you just mentioned NFTs. For those uh, uninitiated, these are non-fungible tokens, uh, a new kind of uh, digital authentic 
I, you, you describe it. I was going to say <laughs> a way to authenticate uh, well, different, different things both on and offline. Yeah, it's it's about ownership of digital assets, right? And so it's a ledger, it's an infrastructure that is going to go way beyond art and collectibles, which is where we're at right now. But you know, it, it's something that takes an asset and creates a ledger component that allows trackability, that allows to see ownership. People are very much struggling with the concept, but I remind people like, what's the blue check worth on Instagram? What's a skin on Fortnite? worth to one of your kids. A lot of people here are like, right, I paid 50 bucks for that thing. Social currency has always been important. We're about to see the social currency hit every aspect of the world. Right. So here's the thing, right. There is a, a bit of a, a, a mental game that people are playing with their, themselves, saying to themselves, especially for the older generation saying, okay, so there's a video, let's just say a video of uh, Michael Jordan dunking a ball. I'm making this up, right? Yep. And there's the original video, and then there's obviously the, the copies of the video that go around. And, and people are saying, well, what's the difference between the original and the copies, right? The, the difference is there's a Rolex and there's a fake Rolex, but as we become more digital native, we're gonna actually be able to see who owns the actual asset. And so the fake and real game has always played out in the physical world, but was never really proved it's going to be provable on the, the ledger, on these blockchains. Right. And that the will critics play though, out. But Gary, the critics would say, the critics I think would say, look, the Mona Lisa is a, is, is a physical painting. You can yep. take pictures of that painting and distribute them all you want, but there's still only one physical painting. The difference between a video of Michael Jordan, uh, the, the first video of Michael Jordan dunking the ball and the 10,000th video of Michael Jordan, they're the same video. <laughs> the critics will say that, but the people watching this show, when they realize that they can transact on the ownership of that asset and make a profit, and the original IP creator can make a 10% or 15% rake on the transaction, we'll have a very different conversation. Let's talk for a moment about Coinbase. You're an angel investor in a lot of companies. You've had some great success. Coinbase uh, may be your latest. Uh, this is a company <laughs> that's going to be going public very soon. What, what, I mean, obviously, uh, you, you, I imagine you have very high hopes for it, um, but what do, you think the, what do you think the risks are? Let me actually uh, turn it around. What do you think the risks are for, uh, for Coinbase in the future, and what can Coinbase be in the future? You know, I think the risks are other wallets, innovation, um, people going after market share. It was such a leader. I mean, I invested in Coinbase in 2014. Shout out Phil Toronto for that lead. You know, I, I, I think it's it's competition. Because, or, or to your point earlier, there's a lot going on. Maybe it's regulation, right? And so I think those are the two things to stand out. But when you think about the amount of revenue that company made last year and profitable and on trend, we haven't seen tech companies doing this kind of revenue be actually profitable in its IPO process. And I think that's what's probably gonna excite the people that cross T's and I's and look at numbers in Wall Street dynamics. Gary, before you go, I need some personal advice. I uh, very happily still have 1986 Fleer basketball, the entire set with the Jordan rookie wow. card. Wow. Do, do Hold on, and it's in my parents' house. Do I sell it now or not? Um, I, is it graded? You got to get it graded. And you got to give me your parents' address. I'll go over and help them clean up the backyard. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Okay, I'll <laughs> see you later, Gary. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Joe? You, you, use some of that IPO money on Coinbase. Just hire a receptionist. Just someone to pick up the phone. Just, just one person. Coming up, we're going to talk to, to New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Today's highlighted review is Glad I Found You by Coach Eric. Back in 2017, I decided to look for a connection. I was going in the right direction to become the best version of myself, but look, I bump into one of your YouTube videos talking about podcasting and how you need to have empathy for others and kindness, and that drove me to listen. Appreciate you, Gary. Thanks for everything you do. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.